0: Alright, guys. Genesis thirty-nine. We go from uh thirty-seven when um Joseph's brothers sold him off to a band of Ishmaelites going into Egypt. And then we went into uh thirty-eight where uh Judah kinda what Fernando was touching on was you know, you're thinking that he was feeling a little remorse, remorseful for Selling his brother off, and took off from the family, and and went into Canaan and married a Canaanite woman, and did things that were outside his father's will. But now we're back to thirty-nine, and um, back to Joseph's story. Joseph's story is a pretty awesome story. And we think about when we think about Jacob, we think about a pretty dysfunctional family, you know, having all the wives, all the kids. But then we think about Joseph and uh, his integrity. Joseph was a man of God. Joseph was a young boy, 17 years old, man, sold off. His brothers just dogged him out, kicked him to the curb, and then sold him. And Joseph still held that integrity in. He still, still was a man of God. So Jacob must have did something right. Maybe by, by being a daddy's boy and hanging out with daddy all the time and being daddy's favorite. Jacob probably expelled a lot on Joseph and told him a lot about the Word of God and about being a man of God. Because there's no way a boy at 17, 18, 19 years old could stand through what Joseph went through and still stand strong at the end. I mean, it's amazing, guys. Think of you at that age, if you were just kicked to the curb and sold to a bunch of a bunch of wanderers, sojourners, Israelites, slave traders, <laughs> just just sold off and kicked to the curb by your brothers, by your own family. It'd be pretty rough. would Be pretty rough. But Joseph held his ground. Joseph, Joseph was strong in the Lord. And you know what? Um, when uh, when God tells that, you know when we go out, when we go into the prison, I'm part of the prison ministry. So I go into the prison and I know the guys, when they go out the street, wouldn't see. First thing when they approach somebody, they say, God has a plan for your life. When you look at Joseph's life, God had a mighty plan for his life. And he has to pick the right people. See, he knows us inside and out. He created us. And he knows who he can use and who he can't use. Joseph had, what, 11 brothers. But he picked Joseph to begin a nation, guys. You, can you? I mean, one went in, and then you read in ex, ex, Exodus twelve thirty seven six hundred thousand men went out. One Hebrew went in. Six hundred thousand men went out. Meaning, that was just the men. That's not talking about the women and the children. So you're talking about a whole nation through this one man and his obedience. in integrity, just being a man of God. So, you know, Jacob did something right in Joseph. So let me read the text as we uh, expound on it. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, (coughs) captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had, he put under his authority. So it was from that time, from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake and the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance, and it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and he, and he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what is what is with me in the house and has, commanded, has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not heed to her to lie with her or to be with her but it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house were in, was inside that she caught him by his garment saying lie with me but he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside and so it was when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside that she called to the men of her house and spoke to him saying see he has brought into us a Hebrew to mock us. He came into me to lie with me, and I cried with, cried out with a loud voice. And it happened when he heard that I lifted my voice and cried out that he left, left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So she kept his garment with her until his master came home. Then she spoke to him with words like these, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you brought to, to us came into me to mock me, so it happened as I lifted my voice and cried out, that he that he left his garment with me and fled outside. So it was when his master heard the words which he, which his wife spoke to him, saying, Your servant did to me, after this manner, that that his anger was arose, aroused. Then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all that the, all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they, wherever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison does not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority, because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Pretty awesome story, guys says in verse in, in verse one it says now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar an officer of Pharaoh captain of the guard and an Egyptian bought him from the Ishmaelites who were taken down there now Potiphar was a pretty pretty bad dude he was captain of the guard captain of the guard was basically the chief executioner he was he was like like the, the secret service. He was like, you know, one of the top guys that took care of the Pharaoh and, and all his dealings and taking care of everything that was around. And, and, you know, when God puts his master plan in work, he always makes sure that he goes straight to the top when he's using His servants. You know, um, I got saved at 40 years old. And, um, it was a long time, you know, and, and those 40 years I wasted all my life. But the point I'm trying to get to is once he saved me, these last 20 years, man, he just put me on the accelerated course. He's, he's used me from the time I got saved. For the last 20 years, I've been in the prison ministry for about 17 years. It just he puts you on that accelerated course. All the time I waste, all those 40 years I wasted, he starts to take care of things. See, Joseph was a man of solid character. And God knew he could execute the plan he had for him, just like he knows he can execute the plan he has for me. We all have a different path. And God God takes care of those paths, but he knows our character. He knows us so well because he he created us. And he said, um, just like God has a plan for every one of you guys, you see, we don't serve a God that likes to waste time. He don't waste time. Once he gets you, boom, it's time to go. It's time to move. Get that armor on, get into the word, and then start moving. Let's start working. Let's start, start working for the kingdom. Because God's looking for soldiers, man. He's not looking for pansy antsy guys. Look for guys that will execute his plan. Are you up for it, you know? you got to be up for it. Because, you know, you'll be left behind if you don't. God, remember, our armor does not cover the backside. It only covers the front. So we always got to be moving forward. We always got to be moving. Hey, God, what do you have for me? Let's go. Let's do this. Because, you know, we like to kick back and get into that comfort zone. But God doesn't like comfort zones. (laughs) I found that out. By standing up here right now, I found that out. That this is not my comfort zone. But this is where God wants to use me. And this is where I have to be used. And this is where I have to stand up and say, yes, Lord. This is where you're going to use me. He's looking for servants that are spiritually ready to serve. Are you in your word? You know, once you've begun, once you say, yes, Lord, I, I, you know, Jesus, you know, I, I repent of my sins. Jesus come into my life. Use me. Be ready, guys. Because it's, it, you take off from there, man. And God is going to use you if you are available. That means being in prayer, being in the word. And remember, Joseph, when he was sold off, he had to make some heavy adjustment, guys. He had to acclimate to the people. He had to learn the language. He had to do a lot of stuff. I mean, he was 17 when he was sold. By the time he was 30 years old, he was Pharaoh's right-hand man. He was next to Pharaoh. It took 13 years, guys, or 12 years. God did from the time he was sold to being next in charge to Pharaoh. That's a pretty accelerated course for a young man. And then all through this time, this is with the beginning. You know, he went to a a country he didn't know. He went from dad's favorite to a slave sold in the market. It's pretty, yeah. I mean, you know, he had some some big adjustments to make. You know, the faces that, what he faced from the time he was sold to being the second hand of uh, the right hand of Pharaoh was phenomenal, guys. I mean, that's why God picks special guys, certain guys for certain jobs. And the only way you know that is by stepping out and stepping out in faith. Now, Joseph was pretty much forced, but he went with it. He made the best of it. In verses 2 and 3, it says, The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. Guys, my question to you is, in our job sites, in our friends, or we go out to functions, can people see the Lord with you, without you speaking, without you telling them you're a Christian? Because basically, that's what happened with Joseph. Joseph didn't go in there and say, hey, God is with me. Hey, give me favor. He had to prove it by his life, by the way he spoke and what he did. He was obviously very obedient to his master. He was obvious when the master told him to do something. Boom, he did it. No argument. He didn't say anything. And, and, and Potiphar watched him closely and said, wow, man, this guy is different from the rest. Do, do people at work say, hey, I, I see something different than you. than The rest of the guys, uh, are you a Christian? I mean, basically, when I got saved... When I was at Caltech, there was this one guy there that worked there. His name was Frank. And um, he was different. And I, I, you know, I got saved and I'm going, bang! I I need a church. I need to find a church. So I, 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 you know, I knew Frank was different. I knew he was a Christian. So I went, Frank, can you recommend a church for me? And he recommended this church 20 years ago. It's the only church I've gone to. (laughs) It's the only pastor I've sat under. Not that Xavier's some great, great, but Xavier preaches the gospel. And he is faithful. He's a faithful man. And all our pastors are faithful because they're all good teachers. You know, it, it's, it's amazing where God led me and where this man led me. So they, you know, number one thing is God has to be seen, be seen in your life without you telling everybody how Christian you are and how good you are. That comes later, because people will ask. And, and then people come up to you and ask you to pray for them. It, 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 it's a whole chain of reaction that once you, you show them by your life who you are, then you can talk about it. Then it opens the door for, to, uh, to, to wit, be a witness to others. In Psalm one, Psalm 1, 3, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also does not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. You know, when you're at work and, and, and you're and you're working, they they see your work ethic. They see that that you're not wasting time, you're doing your job. And and and, and the bosses see that. And that's that's the that's the good part because you know, you become valuable. Joseph was valuable to Pharaoh. He was, he was, he was. His you know, he, he couldn't. Potiphar was blown away. And Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, "For I know the thoughts that I think towards you," says the Lord, "thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope." He has a future for every single one of us. And and what's the future? The kingdom. But right here, we got work to do, guys. And we can't play around. He says, "Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling." We're not here to play around. God, God has serious work for us, for every single one of us. And it's, you know, what's it you know, what to say? It says, you know, we have different jobs we're different parts of the body, but we work through the same spirit. And God's spirit is in each and every one of you. I don't know what, he ha- what plan he has for you, but the only way you're going to find out is stepping out and showing yourself and being available. Titus 3.8 says, This is a faithful saying, and these things I want, you to, I, want to, I want you to affirm constantly that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable for men. It's not only saying you're a Christian, it's the what you do that people notice. Because sometimes people say they're a Christian, and boom, they do the opposite. and it makes us look bad, right? How many people claim this and claim that? And then you're going, where's the fruit? You see that in our president. He claimed he was a Christian. There was no fruit. And, and, And you see it at the beginning. You saw it the first four years. You saw it before he was even elected. But people said, hey, he says he's a Christian. Wow, that used to blow my mind. So he learned all the Egyptian customs. He learned how to be a good servant. So Potiphar knew, saw this all in his life and the way he acted. In verses 4 to 6, so Joseph found favor in the sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had, he put under his authority. So it was from that time that he that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptians house for Joseph's sake and he blessed and the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field Thus he left all that he had Thus he left all that all that he had in Joseph's hand and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate so uh, that next line I'm going to save for the next time. But it says, Overseer was the highest position a slave could hold in a house. He was in charge of everything, food, clothing, finances, property, the livestock, everything. Joseph made all, all the decisions. Uh, Potiphar didn't know what was going on in his house, but Joseph, he ran everything through Joseph. That's a pretty high position for a slave. And, you know, it didn't happen right away. Joseph had to show his life. He had to prove himself. In Proverbs 3, 1 to 4, it says, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. You know, God God is so awesome. All it takes is Joseph to be obedient to God first, and God works it all out. You know, um, it's walking in the spirit, guys. You know, there's walking in the spirit and there's walking in the flesh. And sometimes we get caught up in the flesh. I understand that. So do I. We all do. But we got we to gotta change that action right away. As soon as we realize we're in that flesh, we need to stop it. And we need to hold ourselves in check. Have passion for your work and your job. Potiphar understood the passion. He saw the passion. Joseph was just there to do the best he can do. And Potiphar understood that. Well, I, that's the kind of guy I'd want working for me if I owned a business. A guy that was passionate about his work and what he did. And, and James uh, 2.18, it, it talks about faith and works. You talk about your faith. Faith. Well, you know, I'll show you my faith through my works. That's what Joseph was doing. He was showing his faith through his works. And, and uh, in First Peter 2:18, he was submissive to his master. You know, he was he, he 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 didn't he didn't cause any problems. He was an asset in the house. Are you an asset in your workplace? Are you taking care of the job that you have been hired to do? Or are you complaining? Or if they ask you to do something else besides, go, not my job? Well, no, no. You, it's got to be your job. Because if they ask you to clean toilets, clean toilets. You know, whatever it takes to, 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 to be a good employee, do it. Because too many people are caught up in, and they're too, they're, they're too high and mighty to do simple jobs. Do the job. I guarantee you'll find favor in, in man and God. Ephesians 6, 5 to 8, it says, not working for, it talks about not being people pleasers. Remember, we work for God first. God is our number one priority all the time. And he's the one who sees everything. You know, yeah, you can get away with this and that, but you can't get away with nothing with God. Joseph understood all these Fundamentals of being a good employee, a, a good, a good, a good Christian, a good man of integrity. In verses seven to nine, see, I, I left that one out, where it says, "Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance." <laughs> you know, these houses in in in, in those days in, in the Egyptians' houses. You know, Potiphar was out and about and, you know, he wasn't probably very faithful to his wife. And it's the same with the wife. She's home all alone. The guy's out about, you know, doing his captain of the guard stuff. So the wife gets, you know, a little antsy around the house. And as, as it goes in, in 7 and 9, it says, And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me in the house. And he has committed all that he has in my hand. Joseph understood these things because, you don't know, believe me, she probably was a pretty good looking girl. And he's a pretty young guy. So, you I mean, remember when we were young guys? You know, and if we weren't Christians... It might have been a different outcome out of this problem right here. But I think part of the reason she went after Joseph was because she saw he was a godly man. See, that's the prize. is a woman to cause a Christian to stumble. See, that's Satan's plan. is to stumble us all. That's why we're always the first ones to be attacked. Who's being attacked around the world right now? Christians. You know, it's, it's just, we are, we are on, on the, we're, we're the bullseye. Joseph was the bullseye to Potiphar's wife. Because she knew that he was the prize. She saw the way her husband cared for this man and, and, and depended on this man to take care of everything. And she, she, she saw it. And, and, you know, she probably was a little jealous about it, too. But she knew that he was the prize. And, and... Um, And then um, in nine, he he talks about sinning against God. Guys, see, God sees everything. We always got to recognize who our sin is against first. Remember David walking around this balcony, just checking out things. Looked around, saw down there. Who's that girl out there bathing? Remember, he, he pulled his, his kingdom stuff and got Bathsheba in his house. And remember, David didn't repent from that for about a year after it until Nathan brought it to his attention and told him, you're the man. See, we can't hide anything from God. And we know, we got to remember in, in Psalm 51, 4, it says, Against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. That you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Remember, whatever our sin is, it's against God first and we need to be repentant of whatever we do. Now, not, not, I mean, I'm talking about this is adultery. It's pretty severe. It's a pretty severe sin. But whatever we do, if we, if we take a pencil, if we lie to a, a, a friend or we do, whatever we do, we need to repent, guys. We need to get things right, make things right right away. Because it will come back and bite you. It, it ruined David's life. That sin with Bathsheba ruined his life. His, his, one, his one son raped his daughter. His Absalom tried to take his kingdom. Laid, laid with his concubine. It, it ruined his life. And it was all sexual. Remember, David's sin was sexual. And sex is, is the number one thing against us, guys. Pornography is running rapid in Christian lives right now. It's tearing apart lives, guys. Satan knows. Satan knows how to entice us. He knows how to bring us down, guys. And that's this number one thing. To try to bring us down. We gotta <laughs> we gotta say no. That's what they that's what Joseph said. Joseph said no. How can I first go against the man that's entrusted everything in this house to me? Except you, and how can I sin against my God? Those two things, man. You know, we're in the workplace. Ah, oh, go ahead, take 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 that. You know, it's no big deal. You know, we got a lot of that. Don't take it. No, you know, you can't do it, guys. We just can't do it. We got to abstain. We got to be. We answer to God, which is which is the highest you can answer to, and He sees everything. See, Joseph was grounded in the Word. We need to ground our children in the Word so the things that happen in their lives, they, they know what to do. They know how to handle it. And they know who to turn to. See, we got to bring our kids up in the Word. we got to tell them about these things. they got to read the Bible. they got to see these things happen so they don't fall to these temptations, guys. Because it's not just on us. God works on us through our kids. He uses our kids all the time, and you got to remember, guys. We got to stand strong. We got to be men of integrity. We got to show our kids how to how to walk, because who do they who do they imitate? They imitate us. And if if, if we're not walking right, they're not going to walk right, guys. That's, you know, I see it in the prison all the time. You know, the number one time, number one thing those guys say to us: "Go preach to the kids." Well, no, you preach the kids. When you get out of here, preach to your kids. Show your kids. I mean, God's going to forgive you. But we've got to bring our kids up because that's the future, guys. And we're losing the future right now. We're losing it bad. Remember, Joseph was the house servant at the top. So that, that, that was very enticing to uh, Potiphar's wife. And then in... Um, in verses um, 10 to um, 18, it says, So it was, as she spoke to Joseph day by day, that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work. And none of the men around remember. She tries to wear him down. She thinks, okay, I didn't get him this time. But he's going he's gonna to fall. He's going to fall. She was probably, you know, flashing him, doing things. Hey, Dave. Hey, Joseph, what's, what's up? You know, all this stuff. And you know, I mean, guys, we're, we're weak. That's why we need to be strong in the Lord. We need to be strong in the Holy Spirit. Because if we're not, we're going to fall. We see it all the time. We see pastors falling to, to, to girls in, in the congregation because they couldn't restrain themselves. You know, they were getting beat down, they got beat down, and finally they said, okay, you know, well, who's going to know? Well, we know who's going to know. We've got to remember that sin is first against God. He sees everything. You've got to have that fear, that reverence for the Lord. Because we don't get away with nothing, guys. Nothing. The guys in the world don't get away with nothing either. But we know, guys. We know. It says in uh, Proverbs 20 to 29, Proverbs 6, 20 to 29, My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart. Tie them around your neck. And when you roam, they will lead you. And when you sleep, they will keep you. And when you awake, they will speak with you. For the commandment is a lamp and the law a light. Reproof of instruction are the way of life. To keep you from the evil woman, from the flattering tongue of a seductress. Do not lust after her beauty in your heart, nor let her allure you with her eyelids. For by means of a harlot, a man is reduced to a crust of bread. Wow. Wow. And as an adult, and an adulteress will prey upon his precious life. There's a lot of evil women. Women are very aggressive out there, guys. And they will try to bring you down, especially if they know you're a Christian and married. Look at what happened to that Duggar guy. You know, we, we got we to gotta stay strong. But I think he chased it too. Can a man take fire to his bosom and, and his clothes not be burnt? What's he saying? Can you say, oh, you know, hey, yeah, okay, Jenny. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool, you know, and be nice and kind of her on, kind of be a flirtatious for yourself. Don't play with that fire, guys. Don't even start nothing. Don't start nothing. Don't, don't give anybody any hope. Joseph gave her no hope. He just said, nope, nope, nope. Nope. Don't give her no hope. Can one walk on hot coals and his feet not get seared? No, you just can't play with fire, guys. So is he who goes into his neighbor's wife. Whoever touches her shall not be innocent. It will come up, guys, even if you think you got away with something. Look at all... I mean, we don't have to look far to see all these godly men that we, we know... That fell to the seductive wife. Or the seductive woman. Some guys are even still preaching from the pulpit. Which (laughs) I can't even understand that. You know they need to step down. So from um, 11 on... But it happened about this time when Joseph went in the house to do his work and none of the men were inside were none of the men of the house was inside that she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he but he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. Joseph was the first streaker out there. He took off. You know, I, I think if he wouldn't have hung out with his dad so much, he would have had some better moves. You know, he would have busted a move on her and then took off. But he had one of them away, so it's all right. Took off. And she had her, she had his garment. And so it was when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside that she called to the men of the house and spoke to them. She had set it all up, guys. She probably sent the dudes on air and said, hey, you guys go this way, go this way, because she knew Joseph's routine and he knew that Joseph would be here about this time and sent guys on air and Joseph knew that she would be alone with him and you know Joseph being a young man he could have, he could have done what he did I mean he could have took care of the, the problem nobody would have known but like I said God knows and he knew God knows and he feared God enough to say to, to, not, to, to flee to take off and it happened when he heard that, I, that I, lifted, I lifted my voice and cried out, and he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So she kept his garment with her until his master came home. 1 first, first Corinthians 6.18, it says, Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. You know, you bring that sin home, guys. And you bring that sin home to your wife. It's crazy, guys. You know, I mean, of course, Joseph wasn't married. But it was still sexual immorality. Any way you see it is adultery, it's fornication, it's everything. We are not to commit that, guys. That's why God has given us awesome wives. We need to be with our wives, guys. And if, you know, for some reason you're having problems, let's fix the problem. Fix your problems. Fix your home life, guys. But don't stray. It's the worst thing you can do. Don't stray. First Corinthians 10.13 It says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. The more Joseph resisted her the more she came after him. Remember, God gives every single one of us a way out. You know, just like when I'm talking to the guys at at the prison, you know, before they did the crime that they're there for, they had a chance to say no. They had a chance to take the other way. But they didn't. You know, I mean, they they know that. But we've got to start taking the way out. Especially when we're, we're confronted at the workplace by a female. We have to take the way out, guys. We can't even play with, you can't flirt with those things because you will be sucked in. In James 1, 13 to 14, it says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by what? His own desires. Don't play with it, guys. Leave it alone. Then she spoke to him with words like these. No, then she came... She came. So she kept his, in 16 so she kept his garment with her until his, ma- his master came home. Then she spoke to him with words like these, saying, "The Hebrew servant whom you brought to, to us came to me to mock me." So it, it happened as I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. So she's telling Potiphar this. Now Potiphar has to make a decision. You know, Potiphar being the captain of, a guard, of the guard, if he really, really believed what she told him, she would have, he would have took him outside, cut his head off and, and slaughtered him and took him out right there. But it broke Potiphar's heart. It broke Potiphar's heart. Just like, just like it, it, it broke uh, when, when Daniel was thrown in the lion's den. It broke the king's heart then. He, he, was it Nebuchadnezzar? broke his heart. Because he he had to do it, but he didn't want to, because he knew he was a man of God. Just like Potiphar knows that Joseph is a man of God. Joseph didn't do this, and he knows he didn't. But there's no proof. He has to take his wife's word for it. There was nobody around, you know, and he he has to, he has to take he has to take her, her word for it. And but you know he knew Joseph's character. He knew Joseph didn't do it. Second Peter 2, 11 and 12 says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may be, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. See, Potiphar was just brokenhearted. He had to do something. He had to make a move. You know, but what was his move? <laughs> I mean, it, it turns out that, you know, as we read on, that, um, that Joseph didn't, didn't come out, out of this too bad. But he had to once again work to prove himself. But going back to Potiphar's wife, from, she went from, from lusting for this young man to the rage of hating him. She hated him with every, every fiber of her soul because he rejected her. Familiar words turn to reality. Heaven has no rage like like love to hatred turned, nor hell or f- fury like a woman scorn. William Congreve's it's this quote from him that women cannot sometimes cannot handle rejection, especially knowing that he was he was a prize, and he he fleed. Joseph took every opportunity to run, and not get caught up in it. And that's what we need to do, guys. Flee, run, say no. Get the heck out of there. Because you can't hang around. You can't play with it. So it was, when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, your servant did to me after this manner, that his anger was aroused. And then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in prison. Now think about what's going through Joseph's head right now. He's thinking, wow, I did everything I possibly could to stay out of trouble, to flee this, to to not do anything wrong. And bam, (laughs) here I am sitting in jail. You know, what, what may seem like a disappointment could, God, could be God setting us up for a rescue, guys. Trust His plan, and when you don't... Trust His plan even when you don't understand the path. In other words, when you are living in God's will, trust Him. If you haven't done anything wrong and you see things are going kind of not the way you want it to go, and actually things are getting worse, but you know in your heart That you are walking with God, believe me, God is doing a work that you don't even know. But trust Him, which should probably be an easy thing to say right now. But if you have nothing to be guilty of, and if you truly haven't done anything wrong and God is working in your life, allow Him to do it. Because look what happened. I mean, we see, we know the outcome. Through all this, what Joseph went through, we know what happened. Joseph was exalted to even a higher status. In Job 23.10, it says, But he knows the way I take. And when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. We're being tested all the time, guys. Remember that. You don't know what it is, but if things start to fall apart around you, and you're walking in the will of God, just run the course, guys. Run the course. Because we don't know, you don't know, I don't know what God is doing in your life. But if you have nothing to be guilty of, and I'm serious, guys, in your heart, you have nothing to be guilty of. You have done nothing wrong. Because if things are coming upon you because you messed up, it's a whole different story. But if your life is has taken a course that you don't understand, but you've been walking in God's will, trust Him. That's all I can say is trust Him. It's easier said, but I guarantee you, He's going to show you the path. You just got to trust Him. Jeremiah. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil to give you a future and a hope. It's just, you know, he, he, there is a future for every single one of them. And, he, and there's hope. If you, if, you, if you don't have hope in God, then you, should, you shouldn't have hope in anything, guys. God is going to do a work in your life that's going to blow your mind. In these 20 years I've been walking with the Lord, I, I can't tell you how impressed I am with him and what he's done in my life. The things I've seen, the, what, to see the Holy Spirit change people in front of my eyes, to see see the, see God just do things that, if you're not if you're not out there serving, you will never see. If you're not making yourself available, you will never see. I pray, I pray every day that 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 you're not just a, a pew sitter. You come to church on Sundays, you come to the Bible study on, on, on Tuesdays, and that's it. You're not serving in any aspect of, of the body. We need to serve one another, guys. We don't rip off don't rip me off. Don't rip off the rest of your brothers. You need to be serving in the Usher ministry, whatever it may be, the mission fields, the prison ministry, the whatever. There's something you can do in the body. You know, that, that will help out your brothers. Whether it's it's coming in in the morning and sweeping out the church, whatever it may be, it, it 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 just lifts up your brothers, guys. You need to be doing something, serving in the church. In verses 21 to 23, he says, "But the Lord, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison." It's like boom, boom. Here we go. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. And the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. You think Potiphar had something to do with that, guys? You know, I got to put Joseph in prison. But you know what? I know Joseph didn't do this. I'm going to talk to my buddy over there at the, taking care of the prison. And he's going he's gonna to take care of Joseph for me. Because this was God's plan. See, God's plan was for him to put, be put in jail. Because if he was not put in jail, how is he going to know the dreams of the baker and the, and, and the cupbearer? How is he going to know that? How is he going to hear that? How's he gonna, how, those guys are going to cry to him. It's all in the process, guys. He didn't understand the path, but he needed to trust God. We all don't understand the path, but we need to trust God. In 1 Peter 5, 6-7, to it says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Cast all your care upon him, because he cares for you. God cares for every single one of us. He loves us. He loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us, guys. That's no small thing. That's everything. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that washes every one of us clean. And for anybody to deny that Jesus is the only way are fools. Because they're calling God a fool to, to come down, to come down off his throne Come in the form of a man. Die for us. Shed his blood first of all and die for us on the cross. And now is seated back at the right hand. Anybody that doesn't believe that Jesus is the only way, they're fools. Because it's proven to us. It's been proven. He was seen by 500, 5,000 people. He was seen. It wasn't no small thing, guys. Romans 8.28 and we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, guys. We're all called according to his purpose. But he's got he's to work those things out, guys, and you got to be available, and you got to be obedient. There's one thing I have here. One of my friends at Caltech just recently retired, and then one of our brothers that, that does a Bible study, and he was uh, a lead man for the, pay, for the electrical shop. Well, he retired, and so one of the brothers that we have our Bible study with um, got promoted to that position. And he was looking through one of uh, his uh, dictionaries, and this quote fell out. And I thought it was pretty awesome. Here's a quote from Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein, see, work. Uh, we have a house that's named after him at the, on campus at Caltech. I work at Caltech. And Al, Einstein was, you know, he, he was on the campus at one time. And here's, a, here's an Einstein quote that you, will, that you won't see posted around Caltech anytime soon, or you won't see on anything, basically. But it's a, it's a quote from Albert Einstein. He says, As a child, I received instruction in both the Tumut and the Bible. I am a Jew, but I am enthralled by the luminous figure of the Nazarene. Jesus is too colossal for the pen of phrase phrase mongers. However artful, no one can read the gospel without feeling the actual presence of Jesus. His personality pulsates in every word. No myth is filled with such life. It's such an awesome thing. Because everybody calls Jesus a myth. Of course, we know it's historical he's not. Historically, he's not. But to come from a man like this, Albert Einstein, Saturday Evening Post, October 26, 1929. You guys can look it up. I tried to look it up, and, the, and it's there, but it says continued, and all they show is the front page of it. So I couldn't, I couldn't read the actual quote. But it said it was continued, and they didn't show the, 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 the continuing page. So I'm sure it was there. But this was a quote from Albert Einstein. Let's pray, guys. Dear every, dear Heavenly Father, Father God, thank you for this awesome day and this awesome evening with my brothers here, Lord, and the work you did in all of our hearts right now, Lord. Father God, I just thank you for just being your servant, Lord, and looking to you for for the for everything in my life, Lord, because Lord If it doesn't come through you, it doesn't mean anything, Lord. But, Lord, you are the Lord of all our lives, Lord. And we thank you for this time, this time you make to be with us, Lord. Because you say when your word says when two or more gather in your name, you are in the midst, Lord. And we just welcome you here, Lord. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that's in every single one of us, Lord. That you would just go before us, Lord, and before our families, Lord. And continue to speak to us, Lord, about being available For your use, Lord, that we may be soldiers for the kingdom of God. Thank you, Father God, for this night. Thank you for my brothers here. And thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys.